Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us today. We're going to be talking about some big big news. For those of us who care about protecting children's health from environmental toxins, especially when they're in school, we're going to be talking to the co-founder and CEO of a company called Attune. And they have just had an explosive expansion in their market share in Colorado public schools that are going to be monitoring their indoor air quality. And here to tell us all about it is Dr. Serene Almoman. She, again, is the co-founder and CEO of Attune. Welcome to Go Green Radio, Dr. Elmoman. We're really glad to have you. And I would love to have you begin by talking to us about your company's IAQ hardware and software solutions. What is it that you can monitor and how does that data become actionable? Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm I'm really happy to uh, be here and, and share a lot of exciting things that are happening in, in our industry. Um, yeah, so at um, a very high level, just to uh, talk about the solution that we have, the hardware and software in general, you can think of it as almost like a smart watch, but for buildings. Uh, so we um, deploy a network of sensors that are uh, acquiring different types of, of data from buildings and making those types of data available in real time from anywhere at any time so that now, you know, we're able to get alerted when things are not where they're supposed to be and uh, uh, be more proactive in making uh, the buildings where we spend 90% of our times healthy and sustainable. The types of data and sensors that we uh, deploy in buildings to get in these types of data uh, range from uh, energy data to indoor air quality data to uh, critical assets like HVAC systems, cooling towers data, all in in one platform. When it comes to indoor air quality data specifically, uh, there has been an increased awareness around the fact that the air we breathe matters, and there are different parameters in the air that we want to look at to make sure that uh, we have the best air uh, that that we're breathing. And that includes sensors like temperature and humidity sensor, uh, CO2 uh, sensors, particulate matter sensors, volatile organic, organic compound or VOC sensors, and a host of other types of contaminants that could be added. Added to the mix, uh, but all together can help us get that visibility of the invisible. Right. And when we get that visibility, and I know that you have a, a great dashboard, how, how does a user or somebody that's using your products take that data and then take action on it? I mean, what do they do with that data um, and how does that work? How does your yeah. uh, software <laughs> integrate with what you know, the systems they need to to take action with. Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, we, we start with always saying, you know, that famous phrase, you can't manage what you don't monitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you think about driving a car, you wouldn't drive a car without a dashboard. So it's, you know, that data dashboard that we create around indoor air quality and other parameters is like that, is that dashboard. You can imagine gauges that are saying, oh, for these different parameters, CO2 levels, particulate matter levels, this is where you stand. And also within that, you have some thresholds based 
based on guidance from uh, experts and researchers and the industry of what's good and what's not. And we can set those thresholds uh, in the dashboard so that when you're looking at the gauge, you could see that it's over close to being, you know, at a critical level and you get alert. So that's the first step in making the data actionable helpful is to know in real time that something is happening so that you can then address it. The next level from there is to take the sensor data and create some meaningful analytics on top of that. So some of the things that we do, for example, is take CO2 levels and calculate what is the air changes per hour that is now we're observing in a space, which is a metric that you know the CDC is now uh, released uh, specific guidance on what is uh, good and what's not. Um, you know, they're looking at five air changes per hour as the guidance from CDC. So we can take sense of data and create those meaningful uh, uh, metrics. And you could see also where you stand from those analytics. We can figure out what's the, uh, take the different contaminant levels and uh, the rate of decay uh, could look at that and, and indicate the ventilation performance, how good it is. Is it working at removing those contaminants effectively or not? Um, and then, so these are meaningful calculated metrics and analytics on top of the sensor data. That's the next layer. The, the following layer is to uh, have um, some automation from this mm -hmm. data. So you can uh, integrate um, the data to some control sequences. So that can ra range um, from uh, integrating it with a portable uh, purifier where, you know, depending on the levels of CO2 or PM, it start starts or increases uh, the fan speed or, or things like that. So it's keeping the eye and, and, and becoming an intervention and improvement method. Uh, it could go to a building management system system, which is the brain of uh, a building, if it exists in a building, to also be part of the control sequence on opening dampers and bringing more outside air and whatnot, driven by real-time data that we're now capturing. Um, and then the final uh, piece of, of what you could do today, uh, this could be presented to engineering groups that can then prioritize what buildings need, big capital improvement um, uh, projects, uh, uh, changing HVAC system, updating them and whatnot, and then justifying uh, doing those types of projects. So uh, it all starts by knowing uh, and a lot of possibilities then become available. That is that is amazing and really exciting. And I can remember a time when some of these types of you know, capabilities started to come online. I mean, you, it was really hard to integrate and being able to yes. integrate your technology with a building management system uh, it, it's really exciting. Now, before we talk about your work in Colorado schools, I'd like for you to talk to us about why monitoring indoor air quality in schools in particular is so important. Yeah, as you know, Jill, kids don't have the choice to uh, go to school or not. Uh, mm -hmm. Unlike us, you know, if we decide to work from home, we can, you know, we have that um, uh, capability to make that decision. And so, you know, majority of kids you know, have to go to school. They uh, learn from school. Uh, similarly with teachers, that's where they work. Um, they have to be there in, in person. And uh, they spend, when they're in, in the school, 90% of their time, time indoor uh, and they
they don't have while they're indoors a choice to on the air that they breathe in the same way, for example, that they have a choice in the water they they drink, you know, you could look at it and see if, you know, it's dirty or, or not. Um, so uh, it, it all this requires that we make everything possible for them to breathe healthy air uh, because of all, all, all of these things. Uh, air quality is invisible, as I said. So uh, using uh, indoor air quality sen sensors make that um, invisible aspect of, of um, you know, where we live visible and uh, as such easier to manage and improve continuously. Uh, additionally, uh, there is a, a research that shows that kids' cognitive functions can be improved uh, by mm, about 15% when they have better air, specifically CO2 levels. Um, and then finally, keeping an eye on air quality um, can uh, indicate conditions that are ripe to, uh, for airborne diseases uh, to be at a higher trans transmission rate, uh, things like COVID or the flu, um, and also uh, keeping an eye on levels that can aggravate respiratory problems like asthma. You know, looking at PM levels can, can help with that. Uh, looking at humidity levels can, and, you know, indicate, which is a big problem in schools, um, mm. Mm -hmm. mold uh, mold risk um you know if the conditions are right for mold growth um mm -hmm. and and also unfortunately this is a big problem in schools vaping is a big issue so yeah. uh, the data from particulate matter can indicate a vaping event and help address that so there's just so many so many ways that uh, this technology uh, is why this technology needs to be in every school in my opinion I agree. Now, you've been working with the Denver Public Schools for a little while, and I'd love for you to talk to us about that project and the value that your company, Attune, uh, and your solutions brought to that school district. Yes. So uh, Denver Public School is one of the leaders in, in the nation in uh, deploying indoor air quality active monitors in all of their 177 school buildings. They've had the solution through a tune uh, 18 months ago. So they've been having and collecting and accessing that uh, data in real time for that period of time. Um, and since then, they have shared with us a few great wins uh, from the data. One, uh, they were able to do uh, to use the data to verify that their investment in HIPAA portable filters are working as they should, uh, because uh, the sensors, the particulate matter levels, and the readings on that can can help with that CO two levels as well. Um, uh, they also use the data to start to prioritize the schools that need major HVAC improvements. Um, the one thing that a lot surprised a lot of people, yes, school buildings, some HVAC systems are bad, they're aging infrastructure, but not all school buildings are bad mm -hmm. uh, when it comes mm -hmm. to air. But you just don't know without getting that visibility. So with the data, they were able to actually identify the schools that need, need that, those improvements. And then take that data and justify the funding 
to uh, conduct these major HVAC uh, renovations. Um, so that's a big win. And then uh, the the interesting one that not a lot of people maybe think about as a win from indoor air quality monitoring, having that system is communicating the data to the community, including teachers and parents. And that transparency that comes from a school just leaves a great um, uh, sentiment and feeling in the community that the school is doing all it could to uh, continuously ensure that uh, the environment is as healthy as possible uh, for mm -hmm. them to work uh, and send their kids to. And that increased awareness, you know, by the community because they're awareness and trust, you know, and that's, yeah. that's how you build trust. We're going to take 100%. a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have so much more with Dr. Serena a moment so don't go away folks there's more go green radio right after this follow voice america at facebook.com forward slash voice america for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a clean world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. And if you're just tuning in, let me catch you up. Today, we're talking with the co-founder and CEO of a company called Attune. Uh, Dr. Serene Almomen is talking to us about her company's expansion uh, in the state of Colorado to go from just doing some indoor air quality monitoring in the Denver public schools, which we just heard about before the break, um, to another 45 school districts within the state of Colorado. And Dr. Almoman, before you know, we we get into exactly what you're doing there and expansion. 
Tell us about the partnership that led to that expansion, because I know there were multiple agencies involved. Talk to us about that. Yes, absolutely. It's an amazing initiative, and we're very honored to be part of it. Uh, it was in uh, partnership in collaboration with uh, the Colorado Department of Public Health and the Environment, CDPHE, and the University of Colorado Boulder, specifically the um, labs of Dr. Mark Hernandez. And the whole initiative was funded by CDC. Uh, oh, and all this collaboration, yes, yes. Go right ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just saying that, you know, this collaboration led to the installation of the IQ monitors and like you said, 45 uh, school districts in Colorado, which represent 25% of the school, the state school districts. Uh, we uh, They're covering about 370 buildings, 25% of classrooms within those buildings are being monitored in real time right now. Um, and uh, the the really exciting piece also is that the units uh, were installed by uh, students from Dr. Oh. Hernandez's lab. Wow. So it's it's all you know all, all around great uh, group of of partners that made this happen and install you know the students installed the system in, in an impressive three months period of time, which which is really amazing. That is so cool. That is something I, I hadn't read about, you know, this project <laughs> that there were students involved. Now, what yeah. do you expect the results of this project to be? Give us some idea of, you know, what you're going to be looking for in terms of key performance <laughs> indicators. Yes, definitely. So um, the um, the factors we are monitoring and uh, levels we're monitoring in those schools and the indoor air quality units are temperature and humidity, CO2, uh, particulate matter levels, and volatile organic compound levels. So those went into those classrooms. Um, the immediate benefits that we um, are hoping and we've seen similar results in Denver Public School is to validate the effectiveness effectiveness of their HVAC systems, especially, you know, whether the ventilation filtration are working as they should, and to be alerted in real time if they're not. Uh, some of the schools also through the CDC funding have opted to install HIPAA portable filters uh, in their classrooms. So another uh, objective of the, the monitors is to continuously look at the effectiveness of those units, uh, especially over time as you know things degrade and need to be maintained and whatnot. Uh, they're also going to use the data to, again, prioritize the schools that need capital improvement uh, uh, um, uh, funding and, um, uh, you know, for HVAC systems specifically. Mm -hmm. And uh, the long term, uh, which mm -hmm. I'm uh, equally excited about, is that there is a follow-on uh, CDC funding that was granted to Dr. Hernandez to prove the effect of better indoor air quality using this real-time data from this level of, of installed base in reducing absenteeism. Mm -hmm. um, the hypothesis is that it does. Uh, it, the question is by how much. So this study will be available in a couple of years and it will be super insightful and helpful from a public uh, health uh, policies and, and standards perspective. That's the study I've been waiting for for about 15 years. Right. <laughs> I can't wait um, because, I, you know, it seems so intuitive um, yes. that especially for all these kids that have asthma and other respiratory ailments, um, that if we clean up the indoor air quality, they won't have to be absent due to asthma attacks and, and allergy attacks as they have been. But we haven't had a study that 
that proves it. And so, boy, I, I'm really excited about that. Dr. Allmoman, you know, it. I've worked with public school districts for over 20 years now, and it is really uncommon for a public school district to have a budget line item for monitoring indoor air quality because it's not a statutory requirement at this point. Yep. How has your company been able to bridge that gap and help school districts make room in their budget for installing your projects? Yeah, I, I want to start by just a shout out on some of the leaders um, in schools uh, across the country that uh, or are bought into the idea of indoor air quality across all the classrooms without even being um, and finding the money for it and being creative with that. So uh, those will be the leaders and will show good examples of you know what what's possible. Um, but related to that, increasing awareness through uh, doing presentations about about it, uh, webinars. We have a few a few of those. Um, yeah, out there that are publicly available for for people to and other schools to learn learn from. Uh, a lot of our webinars and presentations include case, real life case studies and real life success stories, like I mentioned a couple of uh, in here today. Uh, you know, from uh, the schools in different geographies across the nation, starting from our nation's capital, DC public schools, and their initiative and results from installing indoor air quality across their. Uh, uh, school buildings, uh, Denver Public School, Montgomery County Public Schools, um, in Maryland, Prince William County Public School, Monterey and South Monterey in, in California. So there's just a lot of actually existing success stories that uh, can inspire others and can be used as justification to get additional funding. Uh, there is also ROI that is uh, being realized mm -hmm. by some of those that have uh, installed IQ that can be used to justify and get additional funding, uh, specifically in Clark County School District in Nevada. Lori Olson, who's the head of director of environmental uh, services there, installed indoor air quality units and you know her, uh, portables, which are known to have really bad HVAC mm -hmm. um, and ventilation issues. And because of that, she was able to see that uh, the thermostat was running twenty four seven, weekends mm -hmm. included, and that's not you know really efficient. And mm -hmm. um, she realized that, realized that through the data, changed the thermostat to a smart thermostat and um, uh, made them work during um, occupancy hours, educational hours. And uh, she was able to realize 50% of energy savings. So that's kind of oh, payback um, mm -hmm. example that a lot of other schools can really uh, achieve as well. Um, there's also a big piece around improving the perception that this technology is expensive and hard to install in existing aging school buildings at scale. That's just not really the case. And we always like to, to correct that, um, you know, taking, you know, all of the, of the install base that we have, it's installing indoor air quality in every classroom is less uh, than uh, uh, cost of a textbook uh, per student mm. in a year. Uh, you know, if you give up your uh, pumpkin latte, you know, a couple of those in a month, uh, <laughs> we can <laughs> we can afford for those systems. And like I mentioned, you know, forty five school districts uh, were up and running uh, in three months. So. That's just you know not you don't really need a lot a lot of money to get it up and the value is is it's tremendous, um, but I want to say that you know in terms of um, 
uh, statutory requirements, there is a lot more activity now than than we even a lot a lot realize. Uh, for example, New York City uh, Council has a bill right now active on on the floor uh, that is requiring public buildings and uh, uh, public schools to monitor indoor air quality in every classroom. Um, uh, Maryland actually um, passed uh, a law. Um, uh, it's called the uh, Clean Air for Schools Bill mm-hmm. uh, that requires uh, CO2 monitoring in every classroom. So there are some examples of that happening. And 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 some of those, like the California one, is a funded mandate. So that's going to hopefully will, will become more available. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final thing on that is free pilot programs. A lot of times you just need to see it, experience it, things like that. We have that program uh, for schools that's been really successful and helps make the case and get people excited. So that could add to the mix in, 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 in getting this more and more of those out there. Sure. Well, you know, in terms of prioritizing what schools should be monitoring, I mean, there are a lot of contaminants that can end up in indoor air quality. But in your view, what are the most critical that schools mm-hmm. should be monitoring for? Yeah, I think it's non-negotiable right now to monitor temperature and humidity, CO2, and particulate matter levels in real time around the clock in schools, uh, because those uh, those types of um, uh, parameters are uh, going to help us to really know if the ventilation system, which is the major way for us to um, uh, improve air quality in in buildings, um, are you know. Uh, is what the data that 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 is needed. Um, a volatile organic compound, I want to say, is another kind of low-hanging fruit available, you know, cost-effective sensor to add to the mix. A lot of schools say it's a cleaning police. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a good way to look at it, at that, um, uh, you know, uh, effort that's done, is done on time and, and it's done effectively. Um, and it's done in a way that does not aggravate any uh, yeah, respiratory health issues because VOCs what is emitted from cleaning supplies and you know things like that so Mm -hmm. i want to say that to us that's a non-negotiable baseline of sensors but also that it's the understanding that not one size fits all in terms of concerns Mm -hmm. of uh, indoor air quality uh contaminants and pollutants when it comes to school a fun fact there are some cities um in california where there are more cows than people (laughs) Uh, and in those places, methane emission, you know, cows emit 40% of the methane in the, in, in the world. Uh, you know, want to look at that level because that mm-hmm. could also be harmful for people to um, inhale and breathe. So it's... Um, uh, you know, we do like to say that uh, you want to be... Um, uh, looking at the areas of concern and make sure that you're monitoring those as well. Exactly. I mean, you know, we work with the Go Green Initiative is the nonprofit organization that I founded and am the CEO of. And a lot of the school districts that we work with are in urban areas where outdoor air pollution is quite bad and that can make it inside. And so it's good to know that your solutions can be customized based on the geography and the, you know, the environmental toxins that are in that area. We've got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, We have so much more to talk about with Dr. Almelman. So please don't go away, folks. We'll be right back with more Go Green Radio. 
A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you're with us today. We're talking with the co-founder and CEO of a company called Attune. I want you to check out their website. You can check it out at A-T-T-U-N-E-I-O-T.com. That's attuneiot.com. And they've got a whole host of solutions that we still are going to be talking about throughout the show. But um we're talking today about their indoor air quality monitoring in schools in particular. Now, I know that, you know, you're using the Internet of Things, IoT, Dr. Al Momin, but, you know, because school districts have a lot of sensitive personal data on their students, sometimes they're very concerned about IoT solutions being hacked and subsequently jeopardizing the privacy of their students. How secure is a tunes system? Yes, Um so I just want to start by saying, you know, the data that is captured through our technology is related to building type data. So levels of IAQ, equipment, status, energy. So the sensitivity level is not as high as, you know, personally identifiable information. That's not something that is uh, uh, saved uh, in our um in the platform at all. The most is contact information of people that are going to log into the system to to get uh, that building data. But we do take uh, security very seriously. Uh, In fact, we're one of the very few uh, IoT companies that have achieved the SOC 2 Type 2 certification, which is uh, the industry most respected certification that attests to the stringent levels of security policies and controls that are in place. So really proud to have that. to, uh, as part of having that, there is an annual 
uh, uh, audit that has to take place to continuously uh, uh, maintain that certification. So that's something that uh, we're always hold, held accountable against. We also have on the hardware side of things, you know, in the data transmission from building um, encrypted me encrypted mechanisms that uh, is uh, at a security level that is required to guard secret level information when it comes to in the government, you know, kind of context. Um, mm -hmm and best practices. Uh, we also have um, access level controls uh, that are following also best practice from a security perspective to prevent unauthorized access to, to the system. So we do have multiple layers uh, to guard the data and, um, and only allow authorized users to uh, have access to that data. And one of the things I read on your website, again, which is attune attuneiot.com is that you're now GBAC registered. Tell us about that registration and why it's such an advantage to your customers. Yeah, the GBAC uh, registration uh, status uh, and GBAC stands for the Global Biorisk Advisory Council. Uh, is an amazing award that we we have received, and we're one. We're the only uh, indoor air quality monitors that receive that uh, particular uh, status. And um, what it means, and to get that, basically, uh, we had to uh, submit a lot of our um, uh, technology details, spec sheets, um, uh, marketing uh, information uh, that then was reviewed, assessed, and validated uh, by. Um, the scientific uh, committee as for scientific to to confer scientific validity, usability, the practicality, the safety and efficacy of the IAQ sensors specifically. Uh, so what that means to the market is that uh, having that GBAC registered status assures our customers that Attune's product align with a globally recognized best practices for bio-risk management. Um, and that's a significant advantage for our customers. It instills uh, confidence uh, in the effectiveness of our solution, uh, particularly when it comes to environments where uh, hygiene and, and clean air is paramount. That is fantastic. And congratulations on that. I also read that a tune can measure the effectiveness of bipolar ionization and air health. Tell us more about that capability and how it's applied in the marketplace. Yeah, this is back to not one size fits all and looking at the strategies that are being in, uh, deployed in place to keep uh, air quality as, as, at a good level and, and uh, maximizing clean air. Some places decide to uh, get uh, bipolar ionization as a technology uh, and IAQ uh, improvement and intervention system. Uh, and uh, where our sensors work in, in uh, um, connection to that is that we have, we could use the particulate matter sensor and the volatile organic compound sensor um, before uh, the bipolar polar ionization is deployed in a space as a mitigation technique and see the difference, uh, see the levels baseline, the difference. And then after those technologies are in place to look at the particulate matter and volatile organic compound levels uh, when the, after the ionization is um, released in the space and uh, look at the levels and um, 
uh, if the, the ionization is improving uh, those levels, which it should. So um, there's that measurement and verification aspect of the technology. We also have in the this in our units um, that are geared towards uh, the measurement and verification of bipolar ionization and ion sensor. And um, the integration with the ion sensor also allows us to verify how far the ions spread in a space mm-hmm. and the, how they impact the particulate matter and, and VOC levels um, when they rise. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, a solution that takes multiple sensors into account to, to continuously verify that these um, measures are working as they should. That is fantastic. You know, we've been reading about and hearing about sick building syndrome for years. Yeah. And what you're talking about here is a real way of ensuring that we're not subjected to the conditions yeah. that cause sick building syndrome. So I, this is just so exciting. I was also really interested when I read about Attune's real-time energy management and water uh, management on your website. Uh, I, I, th- this is something that we work with school districts yeah. on as well, uh, not just because it helps to mitigate climate change, but it helps them save a lot of money, particularly in states like California, where I live, where water rates are going up and saving water isn't just a nice thing to do anymore. It impacts the bottom line much in the same way that energy conservation does. So talk to us about, uh, you know, this aspect of the Attune solution. Yes, definitely. So, um, you know, buildings contribute to 40% of carbon emissions. And so it's really important to move the needle and making uh, them run more efficiently. Um, and again, you cannot manage what you don't measure. And that's mm-hmm. where our solution comes in. The same way uh, we're doing with indoor air quality is that we are connected to utilities, um, meters or submetering, uh, power, uh, water, and, and even gas to in real time to bring that visibility in real time. Uh, because real time data is actionable versus after the fact when you're looking yep. at the bill and it's, you're seeing a spike. What can you do now, you know, after the fact? But if you see yeah. that spike in real time, you're able to make some uh, some adjustments. Um, so that's what the solution, bring, you know, brings as an improvement in buildings towards sustainability. And I have a couple of examples. So with um, yeah, one of our uh, large commer- commercial real estate um, customers bought some properties, the largest um, publicly traded commercial real estate owners, uh, they have used our wa- water monitoring solutions specifically around uh, their cooling towers, which are the most mm-hmm. uh, water consuming units in a building. So if you're moving the needle there, you're, um, you know, uh, directly changing, you know, and conserving water on that side. And they, from just looking at data in real time, they were able to save 30% on their water um, consumption. Uh, Yeah. And and that's amazing and exceeded expectations. And it's all because they're just knowing what they didn't know uh, before. Um, Another uh, example of of a real life use case of of this technology is using the uh, energy uh, energy monitoring solution for power outage monitoring. Because if you're connecting to the meters, you're able to see if you know, there's an outage. And this is a solution that has also a big use case in, in schools, knowing in real time that there is an outage before kids and teachers show up, reduce a lot of the mm-hmm. frustration, logistical challenges, and also help uh, facility staff, uh, electrical shop to address the issues a lot faster uh, mm-hmm. because they could troubleshoot exactly what is happening. Is it utility side or building side? So, um 
Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what else I love about that, Serene, is that, I, I mean, I can't count how many times we've been working with school districts on their energy um, you know, be- benchmarking and tracking and found that what they were being billed was incorrect. Um, and it was difficult to find that out. But I mean, if you have a real-time energy management you know, system in place where you have something to validate your utility bills and not just take the company's word for it, that's that's huge. Um, because there, we've we've seen cases of pretty tremendous amounts of money being spent um, yep. erroneously, um, you know, on on yep. utility bills that were incorrect. So th- this is fantastic. Now you also have a solution called asset condition monitoring. And I'd love to know more about that and why that might be attractive to school districts. Yeah, so a big uh, compliment to indoor air quality monitoring when it comes to asset monitoring. And when we talk about asset condition monitoring, it's the big assets in buildings, the HVAC units, the cooling towers, rooftop units, air handling units. So keeping an eye also in real time on how it's they're operating, what, what's happening with them, their status. Uh, and a complement to IEQ monitoring comes to that solution is uh, installing and reading airflow sensor data and vibration sensor data. Um, in real time. Uh, if you look at those types of, of data from HVAC units, you're able to have more of predictive and uh, predictive and proactive maintenance of HVAC mm-hmm. system, which then further ensures that you're optimizing air quality around the clock. Um, uh, you know, no one is happy when uh, the uh, HVAC system doesn't work. And so mm-hmm. th- this could, could help with that. Um, also, that data can catch malfunctions before they happen, so that reduces cost of um, uh, 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 installing new systems and 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 whatnot, and avoids any interruptions. Um, and um, ultimately, uh, you know, when you have that data around these really expensive units, you're extending the lifespan of these critical assets and minimizing any expect- unexpected repair uh, cost, uh, which uh, aligns very uh, well with the uh, goals of operational efficiency, resource optimization, Absolutely. cost reduction in schools. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, especially with public schools, I mean, they're using public dollars um, to to do this. And if they can be as efficient as possible in things that aren't directly tied to the classroom, that also frees up more money for educational purposes versus operational purposes. And so it just makes perfect sense to me. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but don't go away. We've got much more with Dr. Serena Moment. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Dr. Elmoen, right before the break, we were talking about your asset conditioning or condition monitoring solution that helps to increase the life cycle of big equipment like HVACs and, and what have you. But I'd like to know a little bit more about the life cycle of a tune hardware. Is there a, a maintenance, a recalibration, or a schedule for replacement for your hardware? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, having a high quality hardware and sensors is non-negotiable to us because, you know, we sometimes say in the software world, garbage in, garbage out. So if you're relying on the data on the other end to make critical decisions, it has to be really reliable and of high quality. So when we pick sensors... Uh, that go into our solution, we go directly to the original innovators of that sensor technology. And uh, typically those sensors have low drift and autocorrect features, uh, which then helps with uh, the fact that you can rely on the data, it will work for a long period of time. You don't have to plug it in and forget about it. And there's no regular maintenance or recalibration uh, that is needed. Uh, and that makes it also really um, a viable solution to install at scale when you're not having to worry about scheduling maintenance of 10,000 of units that, that are out, that, out there. And we do have algorithms that are running in the background that are always checking on those sensors and units. And if one malfunctions, you're flagging that and dealing with it on a case-by-case basis, but not as part of a very scheduled, uh, regular program. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'd love to give you a chance to share one or two more case studies of success with us. I know you shared a couple, um, you know, earlier in the show, but that's what we love. We love the stories of success. So would you like to share a couple more? Yes, of course. Uh, so I have a couple. Uh, Montgomery County Public Schools, uh, it's a school district in Maryland. Uh, they uh, installed uh, 10,000 uh, indoor air quality sensors that went into every class- classroom. It's the largest deployment of indoor air quality in the nation. And they've done it in six months. And they're already seeing a lot of, of great value. You know, in schools with construction, they're keeping an eye on the debris and the dirt and, and whatnot and ensuring that the uh, the parents are not worried about uh, their kids going to the, those types of, of buildings. 
siblings um, and uh, they're prioritizing which schools are uh, going to get better HVAC systems and whatnot. Uh, so that's a, a great use case leader in the space in terms of scale. Uh, the other one is Prince William County Public Schools in Virginia. Um, they're one of the big schools. They have 100 um, school buildings, and they combined a great use case of both power monitoring and indoor air quality. And I think that's the future where you're looking at those two things. So you're not compromising sustainability for healthy buildings, and you're actually looking at both to get the op optimal results for those two very important aspects. So I really love these two use cases. Yeah, those are exciting. And those are not small districts. I mean, those are no. fairly large districts. So that's significant. I, yes. I want to ask you kind of a personal question because, you know, it's it's great when we have a co-founder, a CEO of a company that's innovating the way that you guys are. And I love to know what drives you and your colleagues to continue to innovate and to expand the reach of a Tune solution. Tell us your vision of the future when buildings have you know, your products mm -hmm. on board in a bigger way? And, and what will that future look like? And how will it be better than what we're currently experiencing in the built environment? Yeah, so what motivates us is uh, to continue to innovate is that um, it's what I like to call the triple bottom line. Obviously, we're running a business and, you know, getting profit and whatnot is, is important. But what we're bringing to the table as far as technology and innovation is going to help people and the planet as well. Uh, so the fact that we could touch on all these uh, important aspects is really exciting. And we're really fortunate to be able to come into this space and bring some, some innovation to it. Um, as far as the future... We definitely, my vision from day one was that, you know, from kind of closing my eye, look, looking into the future, that every building that we walk into, you're able to see, you know, how it's performing from a sustainability and healthy building aspect in real time. So having those sensors installed uh, at scale in every building globally uh, will, you know, help us modernize the largest asset class uh, that is providing currently little data uh, for us so that we can uh, really uh, move the needle on sustainability and improving building performance and improving uh, people's experience and health. Uh, and it's the asset class that uh, we spend 90% of our time. And so it's a really important um, uh, asset that we want to make sure that we are doing everything we can to uh, optimize and, and bring uh, best best results. Uh, so so that's that's my vision. And, and I wake up every day trying to mm -hmm. do more, more of that. I love that. And it's inspiring. I mean, you know, it's kind of been befuddling that for decades now, you know, we've really paid a lot of attention to outdoor air quality and made some big improvements. Um, and we've done that through a combination of regulations and monitoring and then enforcement. And as a result, you know, there are places in the U.S. where you used to be able to take a picture of the outdoor air quality. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, and now it's much, much better. And we can continue to work at it. 
And we we haven't applied those same tools to indoor air quality, even though we know that it can be worse. We know that it can be more toxic to our health and we're breathing it a lot more often than we are outdoor air quality. So I'm really hoping, Serene, that you and your company and your partners can bring about that day where we are just as, um, you know, on top of the indoor air quality that we're breathing as we are outdoor air quality. So I I just love what you're doing. You know, I know that your company doesn't exist in a vacuum. You, you kind of have a, a atmosphere of, of collaboration and partnership around you. And that's even clear on your, on your social media. I'd love to give you a chance to talk about who some of your most valuable partners are and the role that they play in your success. Yeah, I love this question. Well, I can I have to start with our, our people, uh, mm-hmm. the team at Etune as the uh, very valuable partners in making this happen, the technology happen, uh, and providing guidance to the industry and our customers on best practices and, and helping them uh, get things done successfully. Uh, our customers are also great partners because they always tell us what we need to include in the technology and, and our roadmap. Uh, um, and pilot innovative solutions. They open the doors for us. Uh, Lori, for example, from Clark County uh, School District, wanted to test, uh, you know, when uh, occupancy sensor became, you know, something important and we were kind of testing that sensor, she opened her doors to for us to do that. So uh, they're amazing. Uh, the research community, uh, such as Dr. Hernandez and, mm-hmm. and others like that, uh, they are always testing our technology, keeping us honest uh, with quality and reliability of sensors. Uh, we send it to them. They, they give us their uh, honest feedback and share with us latest studies that we need to consider as we also develop our roadmap. And then there are the partners like um, Siemens is a great partner. They're one of the large building technology manufacturers in the world. Uh, We're part of their uh, partner ecosystem for um, their digitization arm. Um, we're always you know, looking at exciting opportunities together. Engineering companies like TRC uh, are also great because they complement you know, the, the, the human in the loop, right? We have technology, mm-hmm. then they come in and can add you know, the engineering expertise to the mix. We can't, some of the critical projects really need them. Uh, companies like Safe Traces are components with the mix, you know, verifying air quality, then we come and monitor, then we can control. It's not just one solution when it comes to improving indoor air quality. And that's a great example of that. Yes. The last one we had this, oh, go ahead. (laughs) The funders, uh, NYSERDA has a lot of funds, DOD, CDC, EPA. These uh, these organizations are making things happen. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Dr. Almoman, it has been such a pleasure having you on and congratulations on your new deal with all of the school districts in uh, Colorado that you'll be working with. We thank you for being on with us. And I thank our listeners for joining as well. We'll be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green.
Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.